Let's sing another song, boys. This one has grown old and bitter. On today's episode, we talk to Dylan Trost of the God Eaters and Stan Barry about Leonard Cohen. This is The Operative. I'm your host, Chris Williams. The opportunity. Yeah, I love stuff like this. Um, so, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what you do. Uh-huh. Um, I guess I'm from Marquette, Michigan. I play guitar in a band called The God Eaters. Um, and that's kind of the main focus. I mean, I guess music is the main focus in life. That's what I'm always thinking about. I've got a pretty cush job situation where I'm salaried and it's... I don't have to be at my job a whole lot, so mm. I spend a lot of time like at my local library reading and writing and then at home playing guitar and stuff like that. Nice. So that's always the main focus. You know, I I have my job which I like, I'm a coffee roaster. I like that because it's kind of a creative uh it's an artisan craft, I guess, if you want to call it that. Uh but music is definitely the passion. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. Always thinking about it. <laughs> How long have uh, the God Eaters been together? Um, what year is it? <laughs> it's 2019. <laughs> I guess almost three years. We got together in March of 2016. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, and it started originally, it was just me and Nick, and I had like an octave pedal and run a, I ran a stereo setup. Mm-hmm. Um. And my brother was really young when he joined the God Eaters. I mean, I was, he was 16, and he had never played bass before, (laughs) you know? But we really wanted someone to be in there. We wanted someone that, because in Marquette, like, it's really small. Mm -hmm. And so, like, there's a lot of recycling of members and stuff like that, you know, like, that dude's in, like, three bands and stuff like that. We wanted, like, a kind of a, a unit that was, we are just focused on the God Eaters. And so we asked my brother, who... He wasn't really a musician at that time. I mean, he'd been playing, but he had never been in a band or anything like that. And I just asked him, I was like, do you want to play bass in this new band with me and Nick? And he was like, sure. So then a few months later, Devin joined, and that's when we started playing shows. Mm-hmm. Nick and I never played a show, just us. But we had songs, and so once Devin got in, he just picked him up pretty quick, and then we started playing shows. Cool. Yeah, yeah it's pretty seamless, <laughs> easy, you know, how it should be. Um, so you wanted to talk about uh, Leonard Cohen. Yeah. I guess maybe like six or seven years ago, a friend of mine had given me, he's older than me, he's probably in his mid-40s now, and a really, really close friend of mine, he gave me all of his cassette tapes from like the 80s and 90s that he had made and stuff like that that were just like collecting dust in his basement or something like that. And I got into a lot of music that way, like Wires, Pink Flag was in there, like ton of Velvet Underground stuff, like... Fugazi, you know, I'd never really heard that stuff before, and there's a Leonard Cohen tape in there, and I knew about Leonard Cohen because I I grew up listening to Bob Dylan, and I love Bob Dylan, and I knew that they were kind of they were contemporaries, mm-hmm. I guess, and they kind of get lumped into the same thing together, even though I, I think that they're a lot different. Um, but there was this Leonard Cohen tape, and I listened to it, and I liked it, and I was like, I recognize that this is good. This is like really beautiful music. 
Um, I don't really get it yet, but I'm going to save this tape for later, you know? <laughs> and uh, maybe two years ago, do you know Sycamore Smith? He's played this a few times. No. He's a, he's a, he's a good friend of mine. He's, Nick plays in his band, or they had a band called The Grey Beast together. Oh, okay. Um, but anyway, it's kind of folksy, like punk stuff. Really great. I think he's a, Sycamore is a brilliant songwriter. He's my favorite in Marquette songwriter. But anyway, he's really into Leonard Cohen. and Him and I were going to play some music together. He wanted me to play electric guitar, like accompany him. And he's like, I want to do this Leonard Cohen song. And I, I guess maybe I just highly respect Sycamore's opinion. You know, I was like, well, if Sycamore likes this guy a lot, then I should probably pay attention, you know. And I got, I remember the song, it, the song he wanted to do was One of Us Cannot Be Wrong, which is like this lament for this kind of ghostly woman <laughs> who, who's actually Nico from the Velvet Underground. Oh, okay. It's like this love he was obsessed with was Nico. Um, <laughs> but it, there was a song in there called So Long, Marianne that was just like devastatingly beautiful, you know, and I was just hooked right away and that whole, this was like fall of 2016. Um, I got pretty hooked on Leonard Cohen and he died in that in the fall of 2016 oh, right. so when I disco- like discovered him he was still alive mm-hmm. at the time and I felt like I had found a new friend or something like that I don't know if you've ever experienced that with oh, yeah, music yeah. you know yeah. like where it's like you you connect with it so deeply it's like you've known it before or something or, or you know like you've met this person and or they're like speaking to you mm-hmm. is as silly as that kind of sounds that's how I felt because at the time I was going through like a really weird rough time like I was like incredibly depressed for some reason like it was like a beautiful summer in Marquette and you know, I was like horribly depressed and I was like traveling like all over the southwest and stuff and like suffering from these really like, every day this would happen. Like, these debilitating panic attacks for no reason at all. And I was just, like, in this really weird spot, and I couldn't figure out, like, what was going on or why I felt that way or anything like that. And then I got into Leonard Cohen, and all that just, like, dissipated. Like, I, the, like the next day after hearing Leonard Cohen, there were, like, no... I, like, the depression was gone, the anxiety was gone, the panic attacks were gone, just like that, mm-hmm. you know? And So I felt like that kind of pulled me out of that, like, that was, like, the deepest funk I'd ever been in, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and he kind of pulled me out, so I felt like I had, like, I was, like, in love with this man, or something like that, because, like, his, I've never, I read a lot, you know, and I, I've never known a better writer than Leonard Cohen, and I, I care a lot about lyrics and songs, I, I pay a lot of attention to that when I'm listening to music. If the lyrics aren't good, I kind of lose interest kind of mm-hmm. quick. Not all the time. Right. But, but I care a lot about lyrics, I guess. And yeah. And then when he died, I remember I got home really late. It was like 2 in the morning. I was listening to Leonard Cohen, and there's this song that's pretty famous of his called Bird on a Wire. And, mm-hmm. uh, I was listening to it. And my friend from Colorado, who I had just been visiting, texted me, and he was, he just, he texted me, like, long live Leonard Cohen, or something like that. I just thought it was like, oh, that's bizarre that he's texting me about Leonard Cohen at two in the morning, you know, and I'm listening to Leonard Cohen. (laughs) And then I got another text from a friend who texted me, like, so sad about Leonard Cohen, and sent me the the thing, and 
I, I felt like, like, I'd never been sad that a musician died that I didn't know, like, a famous musician, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, well, that happens, they're, like, 80 <laughs> or right, something, yeah. you know, but with Leonard Cohen, I was, like, super down about it, you know, because, like I said earlier, like, I made this friend mm-hmm. or something like that. His music is very personal, like, it's very raw and human, and it's... It's very inspiring to me for that reason because it's it's just this dude's soul is like on the fucking floor, mm. you know. He's not holding anything back and he's not uh, pretending to be anything he's not. Um, and that that's that's uh, inspirational, I think. You know, maybe that was it. I don't know. So like this because I felt like not myself at that time and then there's this dude that I sorry I'm getting deeply philosophical <laughs> like, <laughs> like like thinking about this now in my own mind I, <laughs> yeah I don't know it made me feel real again mm-hmm. that's what it is yeah, yeah. <laughs> the did his lyrics or, or have his lyrics um, or the instrumentation or anything like that have, have, have they impacted your songwriting? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I'd, I never really thought too much about lyrics before I got into Leonard Cohen. Mm-hmm. Um, I always enjoyed writing, and songwriting was a very passive experience for me. Like, it would be something where I couldn't sit down and write. I'd have to, something would have to come to me. I'd have to be inspired in that moment to write something. Um, and I, a lot of times I would just throw a lot of like throwaway lyrics in there because they rhymed easy yeah. or something, you know, <laughs> which is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I try not to do that anymore because I, Leonard Cohen is very, not militant in his songwriting, but that was his life. I mean, before he was a songwriter, he was like a famous poet. Mm-hmm and a novelist and stuff like that so like that was I mean 10 years before he recorded a song he was like a published well-known poet and stuff like that um, spent a lot of all this time writing basically traveling and writing and um, that kind of inspired me to try to do the same you know to if I'm gonna do this I'd like to do it well and Mm -hmm. with some um, like strong personal intention you know um not just and not trying just trying to write about new things Mm -hmm. or maybe experiences i haven't had or something like that but now i i i will write it always like i'd have a guitar line and then i would write to that guitar line but now i'm trying to write the words first Mm -hmm. and then maybe i'll add music to that so it's i'm challenging myself it's it's inspired me to challenge myself because I don't know why. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm insane. I don't know. <laughs> it's interesting to me because I feel like uh, Leonard Cohen wrote these. My experience with Leonard Cohen, he yeah he he wrote these very poetic long things, mm-hmm. and um, being that that he his writing was very raw very to the point it's interesting to me that you wanted to talk about Leonard Cohen because I feel like your songs uh, my experience with the God Eaters and stuff um, you strip away a lot and you just 
get very much to the point. Like this is exactly how I feel, and and so yeah. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> sure, I think. Well, the thing with the God Eaters, there's a few things. I don't listen to the kind of the music that the God Eaters makes. Mm-hmm. Like I listen to like country western and jazz music like all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and the the other thing is there's not a lot of space in the music. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So there's not a lot of room to add a whole story. Right. Like I have to do a lot with very little mm-hmm. lyrically and it's a really great challenge. Um like you no, know, there's a song that I have called Of All the Places You Could Land and it's there's only like four lines right. to the song, you know, but to me that says like so much. Mm-hmm. For me personally, I don't know about anybody else, but um that's like one of my favorite songs that I've ever written ever and that that's my my favorite guy. Oh, song. No, thanks, <laughs> so. thanks. Okay, cool. <laughs> I, I I have that song in my head a lot. Oh, so, right uh, on. So, cool. Yeah. Cool. All right, that's that's very nice. Man. Thanks. Yeah, I just have to do a lot with very little, and um, it's fun. You know, sometimes it sucks. Like I can't figure it out sometimes. Or I remember we <laughs> we were going to record this song down in Milwaukee for uh, some that Dixie or I think it was DJ and, a, and Tony Weber put together called this unprecedented like anti-Trump compilation, and we got asked to be honest. We drove down to Milwaukee, and we had the music to the song and. Nick and Devin had been asking me for a few days, like, did you write lyrics to that song? And I was like, yeah, but I hadn't. Because <laughs> I, I, I couldn't really, really um, think of anything. I didn't want to just be like, fuck Trump, blah, 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 that kind of stuff, you know. Um, and I wrote the song in my head, driving on the way to the studio. And when, like, when we cut the track, like, the first time I had sung it into the microphone onto you know, while we were recording, it was, like, the first time, like, I had sung it, (laughs) you know, and I ended up just loving those lyrics, you know, I guess maybe I work better under pressure or something like that, (laughs) but it, it takes me a long time to write, too, like, I, I'm never satisfied, Mm -hmm. either, like, a song's never done, and Leonard Cohen felt the same way, like, he would spend 20 years writing a song, you know, and that's the thing, there's really no rush, either, You'll get there eventually. Yeah. Yeah, or you won't, and you just have to deal with it then, you know. <laughs> Do you also write poetry in addition to... Yeah, poetry? but I'm not very serious about it. I'm just always writing. Yeah. Like, I journal, and I write poetry, and I have no intention of it. It's not like... I do it for me, mm-hmm. you know. I don't... I'm not thinking about anybody else when I do it. Um, really, I don't know. I'm just always, I'm always trying to write. And this time of year, it's great, because up in Marquette, we're, like, buried in the snow. So yeah. that's pretty easy to just... <laughs> I'm reading The Shining right now, too, which is kind of like weird. <laughs> that, that's been inspiring, too, because it's so well-written. But... But right now, I've been listening to a lot of Leonard Cohen lately, too. He's just kind of always on, I guess. Because I, I always find his music inspiring. His music is also very simple, mm-hmm. and I appreciate that, too. I... I his, also, his writing's very simple. It's not very complex or hard to understand. He's just... He does so much with so little, more than anybody I've ever heard. It's just, like... It's just gorgeous. It's just... 
I can't really, I don't really know how to describe the way that it makes me feel very well, but it does, and somehow it, it like, changed my life, kind of, actually. Like, it, like, totally flipped me around. Yeah, made me feel all right, like I was going to make it, (laughs) you know? Because his music, a lot of, he kind of gets lumped in, like, with his music, like, depressing, like, Mm -hmm. a lot of his songs are about, like, suicide and stuff like that, you know, but... I don't find his music, he's not intentionally trying to be depressing, I don't find his music depressing, I find his music hopeful in that, uh, in the darkness, you know, there's a lot of hope in his music, and that's, you know, it's beautiful, I don't know how else to put it, you know, I don't want to overcomplicate it. (laughs) (laughs) What was, you you said that your first experience was through a tape, was it uh, a tape of one of the albums, or... Yeah, yeah, I remember it. I was living in Colorado at the time, and I was pretty miserable there too. <laughs> and I was, I was listening to it on headphones. It was on like a Walkman cassette deck or something like that. And I remember the album it was "Songs of Love and Hate," which is my favorite one. It's so dark. <laughs> um, yeah, there was a song that it's my favorite song of all time. I think. It's called uh, Sing Another Song, Boys. And I remember that song, even then, was the one that stood out to me on that record. Um, and that was, I remember thinking, like, this is good. I don't really get it yet, but I'm going to get it someday. And, you know, it did click eventually, and I realized, like, like it's kind of music that makes you want to cry or something like that, you know? Like, that's the kind of music that sticks with me, you know? And it, it's usually related to like like I love Hank Williams um, also he kind of does the same thing for me like Leonard Cohen's just like a Canadian slower depressing Hank Williams to me <laughs> yeah it's 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 seldom music that makes me feel that emotional yeah it's you it's usually lyrical content or or the uh, delivery of that that as well. I guess it's all music. But, uh, yeah. Did you, when it finally did click, did you start trying to just amass as much Leonard Cohen <laughs> as possible? Or Yeah. So, Leonard Cohen, I mean, he recorded music from like 1967 up to 2016 when he <laughs> dies. He's got like this massive yeah. discography. <laughs> And somewhere in the '80s, on a record called Various Positions, his his the style changed dramatically because, like, his first records are just you know nylon string, acoustic guitar, and slow. You know, he's got this deep kind of voice, this beautiful voice, and there's a lot of female, like a lot of reverb and like female vocalists, and some in, some other like accompaniment, like mm-hmm. by other instruments and by other musicians. And, Somewhere in the 80s, he got really into, like, Casio keyboards. just like, cheap Casio keyboards you can find at, like, thrift stores and stuff. (laughs) And he started making music on those. And so I'm still digging, is what I'm trying to say, you know. Like, those first four records, Songs of Leonard Cohen, Songs of Maroon, Songs of Love and Hate, and New Skin for the Old Ceremony. And then Death of a Ladies Man, which is like a Phil Spector, like, mm-hmm. it, it's bizarre. 
those are the ones that are like really dear to my heart, you know, and I'm slowly getting into like the more electronic, like it's, it's kind of hard for me to listen to sometimes because it's, it's like very overproduced and kind of mm. cheesy sounds, but the lyrics are like phenomenal. Like it's almost better than the, like the early stuff. Oh. Uh, yeah. And that's kind of the stuff that like he released a record in like the late 80s called I'm Your Man that was like his biggest record ever and it's like super 80s like heavy Casio synth and like <laughs> it's intense it's like bizarre to listen to it's like I can't believe this is Leonard Cohen you know <laughs> so yeah I'm, I'm still like digging in you know but I always kind of go back to the, the first few records because there's so much depth there like you kind of there's so much just in the lyrical content of it that you can decipher and think about. And, yeah, I don't know. It's cosmic. It's like listening to sleep or something. <laughs> um, for people that would would like to get into Leonard Cohen, would, I, I assume you would suggest something from that that his first four albums I would yeah yeah that's kind of it's most it's more accessible I guess and that's not always a good thing but mm. I think that's a good place to start because it kind of lays the groundwork for what's ahead because it, it gets weird yeah you know, it gets <laughs> it gets a lot different <laughs> yeah I would start with probably songs from a room something like that Cause it's got Bird on a Wire. That's the opening track, and it's mm. those are probably my favorite lyrics of all time. Bird on a Wire. Yeah. Well, what does it mean to you to, to have this artist that means so much to you that now, like, there's a there's a cap on his output. Like, he's not going to make there's 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 only so much Leonard Cohen that sure. you're ever going to be able to consume. Sure. Like, does that does that have does that make you feel a certain way or no you know because i mean it's kind of like um it's kind of like falling in love or something like that like there's so much depth in there to this there's so much to absorb yourself in mm -hmm. And I want to very badly. You mean uh, because he was uh, he he was he, making records for someone. so much, and not only does he have so many records, it's like um, there's just so much depth and consideration into the songs. It's just there's like a lifetime's worth of stuff there. I'm I'm glad that Leonard Cohen's my guy and my dude <laughs> in a way, you know, because it's not like minor threat or something you know like they got like 28 songs you know like if if they were my all-time favorite band i'd be kind of sad i right. think you know <laughs> is there is there something in, in the stuff that you haven't come across yet is is there something that you like hope to find or is, is do you approach it with more of a, an open mind like you're you're just looking to get more like yeah yeah that's a good question i i'm not looking for anything and specifically like i found what i was looking for already in his stuff i think and uh um 
that's good enough, I guess. Mm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, maybe I'll find more. I don't know. That probably you know, because not only does he have his albums, but he's got novels and he's got poetry, and you know, there's just a lot there. It, I I read a biography on him too, and it's he's a very interesting man. Like he was one of a kind for sure. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> One of a kind, so, I don't know, there's, I'll probably always be listening to Leonard Cohen, I'll see that ever seizing, you know, it's like, I also love, I, I, I almost chose Neil Young for this topic, too, because um, my heart's there with Neil Young as well, yeah. um, or even the Beatles, I love the Beatles, too, <laughs> <laughs> but Leonard Cohen, there's just so much more depth, like, I don't think. And I can't think of really any other artist who like comes anywhere near as close as Leonard Cohen. Like when we're when we're just like talking about being a human being or something like that, you know. I guess that's maybe that's what I'm looking for in my creative life is like that search for like humanness or something, you know. Because I don't know. There's or just peace of mind or something like that too you know um, yeah I don't know are you looking to also get into his poetry and his books yeah and yeah I've read uh, some of his poetry it's great you know um, he's got a book called Beautiful Losers that is totally insane <laughs> that I've read <laughs> he like it was written before he was recording any music mm. and it's a very it's like a punk rock novel you know like it came out as like very avant-garde very critics hated it you know because he was like kind of a critic's darling and then he released this book called beautiful losers and it like his character falls in love with like this uh this native american queen or something like that i can't remember i read it so long it's a pretty gnarly book, like, very, like, grotesquely sexual, kind of like Naked Lunch or something like that, like, mm. by Burroughs, if you ever read that, like, it's pretty gnarly, but it's a wild ride. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a weird, uh, like, you, you wouldn't expect him to, like, to release that book and then record, like, these just beautiful love songs and stuff. Do you, do you, are you... You able to pull from his other writing, like outside of the the songwriting, like just like influence or anything, or does the sort of the influence mainly come from the the songs and the albums? Yeah, yeah, I think that's mostly it, really. Yeah, and just I don't know. I felt like when I was getting into him, like I felt like I knew him or something like that, you know. Like, he was just, like, always there or something like that. So just, like, you know, it was like a family member. It's really bizarre, man. I don't really know how else to describe it. It's just a comforting for me to know that, you know, Leonard Cohen existed on this plane and recorded these songs. You know, it's like some hope for humanity. <laughs> 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 well, uh, I guess uh, in closing, uh, how can people track down your band and your coffee mm. and all <laughs> <Yeah>. that? <laughs> um, the God Eaters, 
www.bandcamp.com, I guess, is kind of the best place to do that. And you guys have, is it two? Um, we have... Well, I guess, are they EPs? Yeah, I guess we have one full-length record, which is my favorite one. <laughs> the first one we did. And then we got two EPs, Old Man Furniture, and... Uh, oh, maybe that's it. Maybe we only have three. <laughs> I don't pay attention. Once they're done, I'm done with them, you know, like... I move on pretty quickly from my stuff, so I'm already sick of the songs we have, and we just wrote them, you know. <laughs> but yeah, there, um, I have another band, too, called Stanberry. We're playing today oh. with Thunder Snow. It's kind of like psychedelic, like country stuff, um, and we're releasing an album soon, too, so there's that. Um and then the coffee thing is just crappie coffee roasters, <laughs> which is, is me, I guess. It's, I'm just a, it's one part of a, a system, but I was part of putting it together and making it a thing. So. Well, it's delicious coffee. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thanks, Chris. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah. The Operative is produced in conjunction with Radio Nope. For a full listing, go to radionope.com.